My name's Tom. I'm an alcoholic. What a congratulations, guy. Two years? Good for you, man. Love it. Where's the tie in the suit? Respect the commitment. That's my sponsor, Tommy. Congratulations on 30 days. I got man, that 30 day chip. I'm telling you, that's important. I mean, I, I did it three times because it was that important. <laughs> oh, I have a sobriety date of January 24, 2006. I have a sponsor. His name is Aaron F. Um, more importantly, he knows he's my sponsor. Uh, sometimes he wishes he wasn't. And uh, I have a home group. It's called the 777 Men's Stag over in Orange. And uh, I can't keep trade for any of them, you know? And, jeez, uh, AA, man, I'm, I'm no stranger to it. You know, I brushed up against it many times in my life, you know? And I was, all roads were leading to AA and I didn't know it until after I got here. Um, 13, 14 years old, 1976. My uncle, my parents would buy me stuff and they take it away. And then uh, they, they, they beat me and then they love up on me. You know what I mean? They're like, I don't know what's wrong with this kid. You know what I mean? And my uncle at the time, he's like, I think I know what's wrong with him. You know, he can spot it. He said, maybe I'll take him to some AA meetings. So he would take me to the friendship club over in Orange and the care unit over in Orange. And uh, in 1977, that's a weird place to be for a 14 year old kid because they, they smoked in meetings. And, and it felt like the average age in the room was like 106 years old. You know what I mean? And the old timers would always come up to me. And they go, what are you doing here, little boy? I'm like, uh, I'm just here with my uncle. You know, I'm just smoking a little pot or whatever like that. And he said, I, I, I spilled more than you drank. And I'm thinking, well, if you had kept more in the cup, you probably would have got here sooner, old timer. You know what I mean? And then they asked me the question, you got a sponsor? Uh, excuse me, sir? A sponsor. Do you have a sponsor? And I said, well, what is a sponsor? And that's the best definition I've ever heard. He said, oh, that's easy. That's a man or woman who's effed up their life. Now they want to take a shot at yours. <laughs> so now we flash forward. Oh, geez. 10 years later, I'm 24 years old. I'm doing a three-year bid in Chino State Penitentiary, complaining about my life one more time. You know, the cops are out to get me. The judge is against me. My family doesn't want nothing to do with me. You know what I mean? And I remember this big white boy. His name was David Dutton. He came walking over to me and he said, here, little brother. Sounds like you've got a problem with drugs and alcohol. I'm going to be your sponsor. Man, I got really scared because I'm thinking, I think this dude wants to have sex with me. <laughs> so I, I agreed to the sponsorship. And... Um, <laughs> And we would get up every morning when you read those pages upon awakening, you know what I mean? Pages 66 to 68, you know, I did all those things, you know what I mean? And I was in it, man, I was doing AA, you know? And uh, I did what most of us do, that leave a treatment center or they, you know what I mean? And I went out and I didn't go look for that home group and I didn't get that sponsor and I was loaded in no time, you know? And, and, and here I come, you know, 724-04. And I found myself back in Alcoholics Anonymous one more time. And, uh, you know, uh, I grew up in an alcoholic family. I don't, some of us do, you know what I mean? Some of us don't, some of us came from really good families, you know what I mean? And they gave me the terrible news when I got here. You know, I told them there was drug abuse in my family, alcohol use, there was physical abuse and mental abuse. You know what I mean? And they said, Tom, we're not telling you that you didn't have a bum childhood and that you were damaged because you were. But no, no human being can take those three elements one of the spiritual, one of the physical, one of the mental, and make somebody an alcoholic. 
it was a supernatural problem and it required a supernatural solution. And I didn't get that until I got into AA. You know, uh, I, I grew up in a family in the, in the 80s. Van Halen was on the scene, you know what I mean? It was, it was a good time to be around, you know what I mean? It was just, I, I mean, so like on my 17th birthday, my family asked me, you know, on my 16th birthday, what do you want for your 16th birthday? And I told them, a keg of low and brown light. And they said, okay. You know what I mean? On my 17th birthday, they said, what do you want for your 17th birthday? And I said, two kegs alone. <laughs> and a live band, right? I mean, I'm living over here in Tustin. You know what I mean? And I mean, I'm thinking, what? I look back, what was wrong with my parents? What were they thinking? Buying me alcohol. But it wasn't just me. It was the times that we lived in. You know, I remember the other families dropping their kids off. You know what I mean? And there'd be 200 kids in the backyard, live band, drinking. And the cops would come up to the door, to the side gate. You know what I mean? I'm drunk. I'm a 17-year-old kid, dude. And the cops walk up and they go, Who, whose party is it? This is my party. And they go, where's your parents? I go, two bucks, dude. You got to have a stamp to get in, dude. You know what I mean? They're like, where's your parents? I'm like, mom, the cops are here. They come in and they say, hey, just keep everybody in the yard. You know what I mean? You know, and the parties, and it's got to be, we just got to stop at 10 o'clock. Nobody's going to jail. And they're serving alcohol to minors. You know, it's just the time that we lived in. You know, and I don't think my parents could have seen the storm that was coming, you know? Um, I was that kid that was good in sports. You know, I was the fastest kid in my school in, in junior high school, 100 yard dash, you know what I mean? 330 hurdles, you know what I mean? I was, I was, I was popular, you know what I mean? I was like, damn, he's gonna do, he's gonna do it this year. You know, Tom's gonna carry the school. He's gonna get the gold medal and all this stuff. You know what I mean? But I'm alcoholic. So I'm also that crazy kid, you know what I mean? It, it, putting a half stick of dynamite in the toilet and blowing it up and water comes squirting out. You know what I mean? I get arrested for uh, grand suspicion of arson. And, you know, they arrest me in the classroom for stealing some bikes. I don't know, like 10 or something like that. You know what I mean? And uh, I was that crazy kid. You know what I mean? I liked the popularity of being known as the jock in the school, but then also I liked being that crazy kid, you know? And I remember getting out of high school and, um, you know, you kind of lost, you know what I mean? I moved in behind a house with a friend of mine and we had our own, like, own apartment, but and, and these two guys lived in the front, they were outlaw bikers. You know, they were at a one percenter club and, and boy, that, I liked it. You know, I liked that, I got your back brother, you know what I mean? That whole brotherhood thing and it was appealing, you know, and then they, and they were drinking, you know, they introduced me to an outside issue. Um, I will just call it meth. And, um, <laughs> And man, that just took me places, you know? I mean, I, I just, I gave up a promising baseball career. You know, I, I was playing ball with guys like Steve Ahern and Lenny Dykstra, and every bit as good as them, you know what I mean? And everything got pushed to the side, you know, family and uh, sports and everything. And uh, that became a lifestyle, you know? And I tell you what, the things started happening, you know, jails and prison and, uh, uh, geez, you know, what I did is I, at 24, I, uh, uh, I got married and I, I married, I always wanted to marry a, 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 like a dancer, you know what I mean? Like a, <laughs> like a, like a, like a showgirl or something, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so I, I married a stripper and, uh, you know what I mean? Was kind of exotic, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it didn't work out so well and um i don't know i just just you know crazy 
You know what I mean? It's, it's you know, when your, when your fiance dances at your bachelor party and makes a hundred bucks, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really wrong. You know what I mean? But at 24, you know what I mean? Like, that was good. You know what I mean? And all my alcoholic friends are like, dude, that was rad. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, but yeah, so that marriage didn't last. And, you know, um, so what, what ended up happening is, um, I got out of prison got picked up some more cases. Um, but last time I got out, they told me, uh, uh, I said, I got to get out of here. You know, I mean, it's, this is trouble. You know, it's, it's, it's obviously all the people that I'm hanging out with, you know, if I could just get away from these people, you know what I mean? And break that lifestyle, things might be a little different. You know what I mean? So I took off, man, I, she, the girl I was with said, uh, let's, let's go to Tucson. I said, let's get, let's get, you know, uh, moved over there. And, uh, and at that time it was my second wife and they said, she said, are you going to not drink and use? And I said, cause she was a normie. And I said, uh, yeah, I, yeah, sure. So obviously for one year, I didn't, didn't drink and I didn't use, you know, and that year came and went and, uh, yeah, I decided, yeah, maybe I have a little drinks, you know I mean? With the guys after work, you know, a few beers and then, you know, they say oh, a few more beers and then so here comes the hard alcohol. And then, you know what I mean? Now we're just, Back into things, doing the same thing again. Uh, Tucson's a little different than they do out here. They don't like profile you over there. It's the desert was, I loved it. It was perfect for me. I remember being at the light drunk. You know what I mean? I look over, I'm like, oh God, it's a cop. You know what I mean? And he looks over at me and I kind of like, he goes, I'm like, <laughs> he leaves. I'm like, I love the desert. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love this place. You know what I mean? Goes, I mean, it's just, I mean, it was great, you know. What I mean? So, even though I wasn't doing the stuff that I was doing here, you know what I mean, I continued to do that behavior. And I remember my wife at the time; she kept saying, "Are you going to quit? Are you going to quit?" And I said, mm, yeah, "Yeah." And then one year on her birthday, I said, "Yeah, sure." You know what I mean? I, I, I'll quit. I went to church, you know, because she was going to church all the time, and they'd ask her, "Where's your husband? Doesn't he doesn't he believe in God? And doesn't he walk with the Lord?" And she said. Yeah, he just walks funny. And, uh, <laughs> and so I went to church and I got baptized and you know what I mean? And I found Christ and man, what a good life. You know, and I, we bought a house and I had a race truck and a Harley. And you know what I mean? It was like, life was good, you know? And uh, I remember her not feeling so well. And we went to the doctor and, um, and they found cancer. You know, and uh, she got diagnosed and February of 2002, and she died in September 2002. And, um, and I tried to keep it together, you know? And I was under the assumption that the alcoholic mind is, you're not dying, you know? And she was stage four, and uh, they said the biggest, they couldn't cut out the cancer because they said the biggest organ in her body was a tumor, you know? And uh, she kept telling me, I'm not gonna make it, you know, you need it. And I'm, yeah, you are, baby, yeah, you are, you know what I mean? And I remember I, she said, promise me you won't, you won't start drinking and using again. I said, okay. And uh, I remember I wouldn't, the horror of being in there. I, what had happened is we sold the house, we sold the truck, sold the heart. I tried to stay ahead of all those medical bills. You know what I mean? Now I'm living in a one bedroom apartment and um, remembering that promise. I'm not going to drink and use. And the pain sometimes gets so in your head and I couldn't sleep. And I remember waking up in terror, you know, being there, screaming, calling out her name and knowing that she's, you know what I mean? The realization that she's dying, you know what I mean? I would get up 
11 o'clock at night and I would just start walking and I would walk all night out all through the town and I would come back um, right around five o'clock, 5.30 when it was time to go to work and I would get changed and I would go to work, you know, and I would do that night after night after night until I'd be five nights into it. I'd be so exhausted that I would just pass out and I wouldn't dream and I wouldn't wake up and I would, wasn't in terror. You know, and then one night that stopped working, you know, and I remember the pain management people would come and they would, I would sign, she wasn't even, she was in a hospital, she wasn't even in the house. And I would sign for these things and I would throw it on the, on the, on the, on the dresser. And there's these hundred lots of oxycontins and stuff, you know, and liquid morphine. And, uh, and I started looking at that. And I said, you know what? I never promised her I wouldn't take pills. So I started eating those pills, you know? And then I said, you know what? I never promised her I wouldn't smoke crack. So I started doing that. The next thing I know, I just said, you know what? I started drinking. And then I just started using speed again, you know? And, and I'm, I'm done, you know, I am done. And I remember the night they called me, they called me and said, what are you, where are you at? Your wife is dying. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh yeah, I've been up for a few days. You know what I mean? I said, oh. And I remember I went down there and she was a dental assistant and all of her work friends were there and her family. And, and I walked into that room and just, I'm telling you the absolute horror of being in that room. I probably was there in like three minutes. And I walked over and I kissed her on the cheek and I said, I gotta go, honey. I'll talk to you later because the ice had grown so thick around my heart. It had made it about me. You're dying and what am I, you know, what about me? What about Tom? You know, and I walked out of that room and, uh, and she died, you know? Um, and things just got worse. You know, I was a top foreman for this guy's masonry company and I told him, dude, and he knew that I'd been using and, and he knew that I was sober and I told him, I'm using again, you need to fire me. And he said, no, Tom, let me get you some help. And I told him, no, man, I don't want your help. He said, I'll get you on my insurance. We can get you into rehab. And I told him, no. He said, you need to fire me. He said, I'm not going to fire you. I want to get you some help. And I said, then I quit. And I walked out of that company. And, um, and when I did that, man, I said, you know what? I got a plan. I got a plan. And uh, I went out and I purchased me a nine millimeter handgun uh, and a bunch of speed and some booze. And I said, tonight's the night. I got a plan. You know, and the sun was going down and I started taking these pills and I was taking a swig and I take a hit and I put that gun in my mouth and I'm crying and I, it's not happening. I'm thinking, man, I was so angry, dude. And I slam the gun down. And I take another pill and I said, I'm going to get there. You know, and I remember screaming out to God, please, God, take me. Let me kill myself. And he's not answering. He's a part-time manager. He's an absentee landlord, you know. He didn't save my life, and he sure isn't going to save me. He isn't going to do what I ask him to do. And I keep this keep this thing going on, you know. And I'm doing it for hours. And uh, there's no electricity. It's been shut off. I'm being evicted, and uh, and I'm smoking these drugs by candlelight. You know, what I mean, I got a candle in them. I remember it was hot, and I was sweating, and I'm like, man, like, and I remember thinking, man, what's I'm, man. Like wet, dude, and I hold it up like this, dude, and, and I'm bleeding. 
I'm bleeding rectally and my insides are dying and I don't even know it. And I thought, that's my sign. Thank you, God. And I went and I took all my clothes off and I laid in the bathtub and I go, I'm just going to lay here and bleed to death. And, uh, and I laid there for, I don't know, hours. You know, and I remember something got me up out of that tub. And I, I know now what it was and it was God. And I went across the street to the Osco drugstore and this lady named Susan, who was the manager and who had known me for years, looked at me and she said, oh my God, Tom. And my skin was olive green and I had dark purple circles under my eyes. And I was dying. And they called the paramedics and they came rushing in, you know, at four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, the, the biggest firemen get out and they said, what's going on, Tom? I'm like, the big old guys. And I said, oh, oh, nothing, bro. And he's like, I got a towel between my legs, blood running down. He said, come on, get in there. Let's go. And they rushed me to the hospital. You know, I mean, they rushed me in and it's a Tucson General, which is, it's a teaching hospital, right? So um, if you're a woman in this room, let me tell you, I have so much respect for you because they got me in this bed with up in these stirrups, right? You know, like, you know, and they got a doctor down there and three interns and they're poking at my starfish, doing whatever they were doing, you know what I mean? And, and I should have got it that day, you know what I mean? Incomprehensible demoralization. But I got the mind of an alcoholic. So I'm looking around, I got tubes coming out of me and wires and stuff, and they're, they're trying to save my life. You know what I mean? I'm hemorrhaging and they're trying to figure out. And I started to see the faces on the men and the women in the room. And I knew exactly what was going on. And I was terrified. And I like stood up in these stirrups, dude. And I said, excuse me, please, one minute. I want to make one thing perfectly clear. I am not gay. No. <laughs> What? I said, come on, man. Guy comes in here bleeding out. You know what I mean? And they said, Tom, we don't think that. And I say that for one reason because I was extremely homophobic. My older brother had come out to me some years before and I was drinking and I put hands on my older brother. I loved him. And he came and told me he was gay. I put hands on him. I physically assaulted him and I threw him out of my life. I told him, you are dead to me, you know? And today I can tell you, my brother is my best friend. You know, I, I've done some work on that. You know what I mean? And it's his lifestyle. And I accept that I've driven in the gay parade. I've done numerous events with him, you know what I mean? And I love my brother today, you know? And that's the kind of work that we do here in Alcoholics Anonymous. So anyway, they're trying to save my life, you know what I mean? And, um, and what had happened was uh, they told me, you gotta stop. And I, you know, I just said, you got to stop drinking and using them. Well, I heard him say, you got to stop drinking. So I stopped drinking, but I kept using them. And, uh, and what had happened is a uh, Christmas Eve, I was coming out here to, from Tucson to Orange County to see my kids. And I was staying with a girl who her mother had died of cancer pretty close to mine. And she was helping me through a rough time. And um, she didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? But so I got on the plane. I can't, I've been up for three days and drunk as usual you know reeking like out and i get on the it's right after 9 11 you know what i mean and i go to the tucson airport and i got my jacket on and you know big jack and i go through the metal detector and i go to get my and the tsa agent big blonde girl right she said excuse me sir you need to stand over here and i said why she said because we need to you know what i mean i said mm, i don't think so 
I said, I got my boarding pass. I need to get on the plane. She said, no, no, sorry, you need, you need to stand over here. And I said, oh, no, I, I don't think so. And then she grabs me like that. being like, don't you ever touch me again, dude. And I start to bounce because I'm thinking, I think I could take the big girl, right? And, <laughs> and, and, and she goes, no, sir, you need to calm down. I said, no, you need to calm down. You need to step back, big girl. You need to step back. You know what I mean? I'm, and my voice started going up. She's like, boom. And all of a sudden, here comes the cops, dude. One there, one there, one there. I'm like, oh, man, I'm surrounded, dude. I can't even get out of here now, dude, right? And, they got, and they're like this. You know, they're like, sir, calm down. Dude. Put, you, calm down, sir, calm down. I'm like, no, I need to calm down. You, you calm down, man. I just trying to get on the plane. I'm trying to see my kid. Here they come, dude. Put your hands in the air. Put your hands in the air, dude. And I'm like, so I just went, I am not a terrorist. And like, oh my God, he's got a bomb. Dude, they're like, get on the ground. Oh, and they, you know, I mean, they, they get me, they tackle me and throw me to the ground and take me to jail. They call the girl, you know, who I was staying with. And he said, is there a problem with Tom? And she said, he said, well, his wife died and he's, he's, he's been going through a lot. Why? And he said, well, because we found on him a hundred Oxycontins, uh, three grams of meth, meth pipe, crack pipe, freaking uh, 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 an ounce of marijuana and what appears to be a little heroin, which I still don't know how that ever got in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she said, oh my God, I didn't know he was that upset. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, and, they, and they let me out of court, you know, Christmas day. I went to video court of all things. And they said, will you drop all charges with extreme prejudice? And I'm thinking, Next to me, right? You just what's he talking about? What's he talking about? You know, so I talked to my public pretender or whatever that guy was, you know what I mean? I said, What did he say? And he said, They're dropping all charges of extreme prejudice. I'm like, Okay. Explain. And he said, Oh, well, what they do is it's a no, it's a zero tolerance state. So you're gonna get arrested, then you'll get arrested again, you're gonna get arrested again, then they're gonna file on you as a habitual criminal, and they're gonna give you 25 years to life. That's what they do here. I'm like, well, what do I do? He says, well, they have seven years to file on you, so get out. I'm like, get out where? And they said, get out of Tucson. Get out of Arizona. Get the hell out of here. You never come back. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I went back to California. But you got to remember, I'm a parolee at large. I have a no bail warrant. I'm a highway fugitive. I've been on the run for 11 years. I come back. I, I get arrested in Culver City. And then I tell him, you got any warrant? I go, no, 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 I'm good. You know what I mean? I'm thinking that stuff drops off like a traffic warrant, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> he said, oh, no, 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 you got it. Yeah, yeah, you're wanted and everything. And I said, well, what are you talking about? I, I, you know what I mean? I had forgotten about it. You know how we do it. I don't, I <laughs> are you sure? I think somebody used my name. That's what was my, I think somebody used my name, dude. I'm like, you know what I mean? They said, no, no. So they transferred me down to Orange County. You know what I mean? And the judge, I, I go in front of the judge. And I've known him. I've known him a lot. His name is Judge Eric Larsh. I used to play ball with his kid. You know what I mean? He said, Thomas, what are you doing? Where have you been? And I'm like, mm, around. You know what I mean? He said, 11 years. That's a pretty good run. What were you doing? I said, I moved to Tucson. I ran. And he said, oh, man, that's not good. And I said, no. And he said, but uh, he said, you're looking at three or four years. Easy. I said, Make it five. He said, excuse me? I said, make it six. I said, my wife's dead, everything's gone. I don't care anymore, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm better locked up, you know what I mean? He said, this is what I'm gonna do, Tom. I'm gonna give you nine months in the county jail. And when you get out, you're not gonna be on parole. You're not gonna be on probation. Get some help, please, get some help. I said, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I did, you know, I did my time. 
you know what I mean? And, uh, and I did my nine months. I got up, went up to L.A. Uh, they gave me a year flat, you know, and they gave me time served. Now, how long were you in? I said, they said, you sentenced you to a year flat in the county. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Lord, man. He said, how much time are you? How many? I said, I was here five days. He said, ah, time served. I'm thinking, God, I should have lived in L.A., dude. I mean, that's what a great sentence, dude. Sentenced to a year, five days. I'm like, Phew. you know what I mean? And, and I was done. You know, 35 days later, I'm back in the courtroom again. Judge Eric on another possession charge. And I'm sitting down in the courtroom and they called my name. I stood up and said, Thomas Lobo did it. And he looks at me like that. And he said, Mr. Lobo, what are you doing back in my courtroom? And the guy next to me goes, you think I'm dad? Because you know I mean? like, he's yelling. You know what I mean? He said, come on, Tom, come on. Don't you think you have a problem? I'm thinking, eh, more of an inconvenience at this point. But um, he said, let me get you some help. And of course, the DA is like, no, he's a drug offender. He transportation on a plane. He's, he's a parolee. He's a felon, dude. He doesn't get a program, dude. And the guy said, excuse me, sir, sit down and shut up. Don't you tell me what I can and cannot do in my courtroom. I'm thinking, I'm going to get a car out of this whole deal. He says, Tom, do you want some help? And I went, oh, I don't know. You know what I mean? He said, I said, can I think about it? And he said, okay. I sat down and he goes, you can do six months in treatment or you can go do the 16 months in prison. What do you want to do? I said, let me think about it. He's okay. So they waited and then they called me back up there and he said, do you think about it? I said, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'll do the six months. He said, okay. But if you don't complete the treatment and you relapse, you're going to do three years in prison. I said, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, relapse is a violation. It's only 16 months. He said, yeah, I had time to think about it, too. <laughs> Want to think about it again? No, no, we're, good. <laughs> we're good. You know what I mean? So they sent me to that Prop 36. You know what I mean? That drug treatment outpatient program. And I got to Prop 36. And they said, you know, you're going to go to these 12-step self-help groups. Pick one. A A C A N A pick one. I said, all right. I'm a 24-year meth user. You know what I mean? I don't know why I picked Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what I mean? So here I come in Alcoholics Anonymous. 724, 04. Let me show you. I love this. Wow. Here he comes. That's a vision for you right there, right? <laughs> Two words, chick magnet, you know what I mean? <laughs> Big bandana, you know what I mean? Dark sunglasses sat in the back of the room, like how the hell did I get here when I'm trying alcoholics and God, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Oh, just everything was a miracle, you know what I mean? Chips are a miracle, coffee's a miracle, you're a miracle. Guys walk up, welcome brother, I'm like, Oh, bro, ain't going there. Not one girl wanted to come up and hug me. <laughs> I'm thinking there's a lot of gays and lesbians and alcoholics and all right? I'm just like, and I, I just I hated everything about it. Just hated being there. You know? Yeah. I, I'm in my third meeting, and this kid shares how he stole his parents' car, stole his dad's wallet, ran from the cops, flipped the car, punched the cops with I'm thinking, man. Dude, first of all, you never swing on a cop. You're going to get beat up. Why'd you still from your What a loser. What a punk. You know what I mean? So, of course, they come around and they say, hey, you, want to share? 
you with the handlebar. You want to share? I'm like, oh, no, man, I'm just here to get my court card signed. You know how you guys are. Oh, come on, Tom, share, share, Tom. Oh, dude. First of all, no disrespect to you in the corner, kid. You're a piece of crap. You stole from your parents. You probably need to be here like a lot of you need to be here, dude. So listen, I'm just here to get my court card signed, all right? I've been around. I've done some stuff, okay? I've experienced a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? And this one guy said, oh, we've got another one. And, every, and everybody laughed. And I'm like, oh. And I sprung up, dude. I'm like, what, you think I'm a joke, bro? I'm here to amuse you, dude? I said, you know what? After the meeting, yeah, I'm going to peel your grave. And we're going to kick up a little dust. And I'm like, what's he going to do? What's he mean? But who talks like that? I'm going to peel your grave. I'm going to pull your wig back. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, what is this guy even saying, dude? Who kills your great, dude? I mean, it's like prison time. You know, these guys, I'm like, dude, we're going to kick up a little dust, dude. I'm going to put tips on you, dog. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> after the meeting, downstairs, shirt off, dude. I'm like, come on, brother. I'm going to smash you. I'll pound you in the lint. You know what I mean? They're like, it's just Jack. You know what I mean? Like, jackass, Jack being the beanstalk. This fool's going down. You know what I mean? And uh, I told the guy, stay away from me. Don't come near me, dude. So I'm going to hurt you. I don't like you. You know, and that's a funny thing about alcoholics not as careful who you hate on because sooner or later you might just be your best friend. And, uh, and I'm going through it. You know what I mean? I'm that guy you're praying for in every meeting. See, we pray for the guy suffering in and out of the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I'm that guy. I'm the guy that stares at the floor, dude, don't want to make eye contact. I'm that guy that freaking wants to tell you, man, God, I so wanted to tell you, man. I come into a meeting and they say, how are you doing, Tom? I'm like, I'm living in a motel. I'm in love with a girl I can't stand. I have no contact with my kids. I got a, I'm working for a boss that's ripped me off from paycheck to paycheck. I got a piss test at probation. I got a piss test at Prop 36 and I got to come to these meetings. You know what I mean? And I want to tell you, and they say, how are you doing? I say, great. I can't get there. You know, um, I take a year trip dirty. I relapse at 10 months and I can't get there. And my and, and my parents, they, they come, 14 family members. I take a year. It's a big deal to them. You know what I mean? Mom, dad, uncle, guy that took me to meetings when I was young, died at 44 years sober. Um, nieces, cousins, nephews, they're all there. It's a big deal. You know what I mean? I remember thinking, God, I got to get honest. And I looked over and they're crying. And I'm thinking, eh, maybe next year. And, um, <laughs> there's no sense in hurting right? But I can't get honest. I can't look over to the side to my own self be true is what it says on the side of that ship. And I can't get there. You know what I mean? So I come in after the year and I tell them, hey, I'm dirty. You know, and they, my home group, yeah, we know. I'm like, how do you mean you know? You know what I mean? Well, we're just waiting for you to get honest. I'm gonna double up and do more meetings and more panels and more speaking and more. And, uh, and I'm loaded again, you know? What had happened, dude, is the girl had come home and caught me loaded. And she said, you need to get pack your, pack your stuff and get out. And I said, my name's on the lease. You pack your stuff, you get out. And she said, really? And I said, yeah. I said, there isn't a thing you can see to get me out of here. And she said, hmm, I'll just call your PO and tell them you're getting loaded. I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> packed all my stuff, you know, my clothes, dude, and I took off, man, I went to the only place I know I could go, mom's house. I knocked on the door. I said, who is it? I said, it's me, mom. She opened the door and she took one look and she knew. She knew. She'd seen it for 24 years. And I rushed in there and I put my 
luggage in the room, dude, and I'm looking for my dope. And I'm, you know what I mean? Looking for my bottle and everything. I remember she came and knocked on the door and she said, Hey, son, are you going to be okay? And I said, Yeah, mom, I'm going to get her, rat me out like that, dump roll. I'm going to figure out something. I'm going to do. And she said, I got to go because she didn't want to be around me. And she left. And I thought, Man, it's time to party. You know what I mean? So I went in, I made me a big old rum and coke. I put some dope in the pipe. And I put some porn in because that's what I do, you know what I mean? And I started melting this down in the pipe and I'm looking at it and I could picture my mom's face at the door and tears were coming down both sides of the cheeks. I knew I'd hurt her one more time. And my mom cried a lot for me over the years. But this time I noticed. And I put down the pipe and I picked up the phone and I called that sponsor I hadn't talked to in six months. I said, dude, I'm at my mom's house. I'm working for him, dude. I'm going to call the PO on me, dude. I'm drinking. I'm smoking dope right now. I don't even know what to do. I'm with that. And he's like, dude, 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 stop, stop. Dude, you're beating up at your mom's house right now? <laughs> Man, incomprehensible demoralization. January 23rd, 2006. January 24th, 2006 was began my sobriety day. I began working the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I have never had to pick up a drink again for years. January, see, 724 of 04, the court picked the sobriety date for me. 1010 of 05, I picked the date for me. January 24th, 2006, God picked the date for me. You know, January 24th is the same day Bill Wilson died, our founder. Well, I got the same sobriety date. He's going out and I'm coming in. How cool is that? In steps one, two, and three, I got right with God. In four, five, and six, I got right with me. Seven, eight, and nine, I got right with you. 10, 11, and 12, keep me right with God. Keep me right with me and keep me right with you. Pretty simple. And I've gone through a lot. You know what I mean? One of the biggest things that happened to me in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous is this guy would come in. I had my first sponsor. I didn't call him very much after I could work the 12 steps. And this guy would come in and he was a black guy. My sponsor had to no. And they would say, oh, Aaron's here and everything. I'm all, screw that guy, dude, right? He would share and I'd go outside and smoke. Like I didn't want nothing, nothing that guy had. He was 10 years sober at the time. And he was sharing in a meeting one time. I didn't come into alcoholics. I came in a certain way. I knew what he was talking. He didn't like white people. My parents didn't raise me that way. God didn't make me that way. It was a learned behavior. If you can learn something, you could definitely unlearn it. And it hit home. And I walked up to him after the meeting and I said, hey man, uh, can I talk to you for a minute, bro? See, I had a swastika right here on my arm with big lightning bolts going through it. It's been covered up with a phoenix rebirth out of the ashes of your eyes. And he said, sure. And I went, over here, bro. We walked outside and I went, Oh, no, man, over here, bro, around the corner, because I didn't want nobody to see me talking to him. See, because I still got some stuff messed up in my head. And I walked around the corner, and I waited for him, and he came around the corner and said, first of all, man, you know I don't like you, bro. And he said, I kind of figured that, Tom. I said, but I don't want to be like this. <clears throat> so would you please help me? And he looked at me and he said, it's time I can help you. No. See, that's Alcoholics Anonymous in the purest sense. He's thinking, what do I have in common with an Aryan brother? How am I possibly going to be able to help this man? And um, today he's my best friend. 
I will kiss him on his little bald black head in a meeting. <laughs> Watch it. He turns red. They can blush. That's the brother right there. They blush. They blush, man. Yeah. I do it just for effect. You know what I mean? And uh, that's Alcoholics Anonymous. You know what I mean? I, I was the 2000, in 2018, they nominated me to be the chairman of a, the Orange County AA convention. And in 2019, I was the chairman. I ran the whole convention. I mean, come on. Really? Black sponsor? Chairman? Did you see this guy? I'll be the treasurer. You know what I mean? <laughs> see, that's Alcoholics Anonymous. So you don't, I don't know what your life, what brought you here. If you're trying to get out of a marriage, get into a marriage, save your parents. Whatever got you here, that is fantastic. I'm glad you're here. And in the meetings, we, we, we welcome to the fellowship. You're in the fellowship right now. We make no mistake. This is not the program of recovery. Recovery is outlined in 104 pages is where the steps are at. That's the recovery process. And it happens all day long. When one alcoholic sits down with another and they go through the 12 steps, recovery begins. And in that book that helps you find a power greater than yourself, it says we help you find a God of your own understanding that will solve all your problems. You don't talk about the drink problem. That's just merely but a symptom, you know? Um, I found a God. He's a wonderful God. Pretty sure he's the same God you guys got. He's watching out over all of us. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, go to meetings. God, I love meetings. That's why I love I'm here on a Sunday night. Meetings, meetings, meetings. You know, for me, going to an AA meeting, it's a lot like going to an orgy, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> after you leave, you always feel better. You just don't know who to thank. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? I mean, yeah, I know. I'm not well. <laughs> See, did you hear that? Did you hear the laughter? That's a language of angels, dude. If you can laugh, you can laugh. That's the beauty of the program because I wasn't laughing at anything when I got here. You know? Today I can laugh. Today I can love. More important, I can love you. Because today I love myself. I've been through a lot of stuff. And my dad died in sobriety. I didn't drink. My, my uncle, a poor guy, of 44 years. My hero. And I didn't drink. I got married in sobriety. And I got divorced in sobriety. I didn't drink. The book simply says, job or no job, wife or no wife. You simply don't drink. I don't drink. You know, everything has been a learning experience for me. You know, God's got a better plan. There are no big deals today. Let me tell you a quick story real quick. So that guy that I told you I was going to beat up in the meeting, for my third meeting, I had gotten out of the hotel into a into an apartment. And I went to the 6 a.m. meeting and I was so ungrateful. I said, I hate this apartment. I hate it. I have no bed, no furniture, no nothing. I should be grateful. I don't know why I'm not grateful. I mean, I'm not living in the motel. Just angry. You know what I mean? And I couldn't figure it out. I shared in the meeting at 6 a.m., you know what I mean? And by 7.15, I'm at home and I hear a knock. Open the door, and it's that dude, Jack. And he went, oh, good, you're here. Put your shoes on. Get your ass out here. I'm thinking, oh, I heard like Jerry Springer, ding, ding. You know, it's good. Oh, it's on. I couldn't get him on fast enough. I'm like, I'm going to smash a fool in the alley right now, dude. And I'm marching out there like, oh, it's on, man. It's on. Great pilling time. You know what I mean? Like, I got out there, dude, and there's this. Big movie truck. It says two brothers moving on it. 
I said, and he's got two guys, he's got three guys there. And they open up the door, dude, and it's it's got beds. It's got entertainment system, it's got TV, it's got coffee table, dining room table, refrigerator, everything. And I said, what, what are you doing? And he said, I'm here to help. And I said, what? He says, I own a moving company and I come across a lot of stuff. And he said, so I'm here to help you. Do you want help? And I said, dude, I don't even like you. <laughs> he said, principles before personalities, Todd. That's what we do here in Alcoholics Anonymous. He said, don't you, don't you do tile? And I said, yeah, a lot of stuff, flooring. And he goes, good, I just bought a place over in Chester Ranch. I want you to redo my whole house. Everything, remodel, upstairs, downstairs, bathrooms, everything. I'll pay you. I said, dude, I don't even like you. <laughs> just one of the many gifts I've got in alcohol. That was a breaking point for me. That, that, you know, how could this man know that I despised him and I wanted physically hurt him and do that for me because he's Alcoholics Anonymous and that's what we do here. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from because the lady in the media is telling me all the time, Park Bench, Park Avenue, Jail or Yale, Penn State or State Penn. I'm thinking, man, I've been to three of those places. <laughs> doesn't matter. Alcohol is a respect for nobody. It suffers no fools. The 12 and 12 calls it a rapacious creditor. So, um, God bless you guys. Congratulations on your 30 days. Congratulations on your two years. God bless you. I love you. Have a great night.